Welcome into the Low Post Pod. I'm your host, Christian Martinelli. Once again, joined by Matt and Kyle after a crazy week of games we had. Week seven, we had the first round of the playoffs. Um, a lot going on in this last week, and uh, we're going to get right into it here. Um, we're not going to spend much time on week seven here. I'm just going to give you the final scores uh, because the real important thing now is the playoffs. So we're going to spend way more time on the playoffs and talking about the quarterfinals in the first round. Um, but week seven, I'll just give you the scores quick. Good U versus uh, Ozone Boys. Uh, Good U was able to hold them off, win 66 to 55. Mambas versus Lob City. Mamba showed up with three guys. Uh, the final score reflected that. Lob City kills them 128 to 71, um, which we kind of predicted would be a blowout anyway. Uh, Duye's Boys versus Orcas. Um, Orcas kept it a little close, but Duye's Boys uh, ended up, you know, beating them pretty sound in the end, 80 to 65. Warriors versus the Crooks, a good defensive battle, but I think the better team came out on top. The RA Warriors win this one 56 to 47. Uh, Werewolves and Stampede. Werewolves lead 19 to zero in the first quarter, huge lead. Stampede actually makes a little comeback here. Uh, and the Werewolves win this game 97 to 71, but it actually seemed like a way bigger blowout. Um, and then Ball Don't Lie versus Sin City, best game of the week at least. Uh, Sin City survives 75 to 74. Grant Rosenberg misses a, a buzzer beater. Um, very close, great game. But <clears throat> uh, there's some there's some other games that are, that are more important to talk about now. And that first game I want to talk about actually involves Ball Don't Lie, a team that you know, we've been pretty hard on uh, until about two weeks ago. You know, they didn't really show us much of anything. But all of a sudden, you know, this is a team that has shown a lot of life. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, they, they ended up with a really tough matchup here in the first round. Uh, they ended up with the Ozone Boys, who you two actually, you know, had as potential champions. Um, but shockingly to some people, Ball Don't Lie comes out on top 55 to 49 in a depleted Ozone Boys squad, only four guys, and an Ozone Boys squad that was terminated after the game. They all retired. So uh, kind of kind of a crazy game and, and result from this one. Yeah, the first game of the night, first of all, it was cool to just see the playoff atmosphere um, of Legacy Leagues, you know, it being my first year and everything. But I knew it was going to be a little weird when I saw Ball Don't Lie had eight players and Ozone had four, meaning Ozone had no subs. And in a playoff game, doesn't matter who you're playing, if you don't have any subs, if you have players that are, get hurt, you know, players that get tired, players that are cold, you need subs. Subs are a very, a very important part of the game. I don't care if you've got four stars out there, you need substitutions. And they didn't have any, so – they looked to Luke Hogan and Paul McGuire to carry the weight. It took McGuire a bit to get going, but Hogan was really trying to do it all for Ozone. Seven rebounds, 25 points, uh, which led all other scores on Ozone combined. Um, again, there was only four of them. But, you know, ball don't lie, they were up for this challenge. Right out the gate, Ellis Einhorn hit he hit three threes right out the gate, and then he he scored one more point the whole game, which is kind of a trend for him. He comes out really hot in the first, first quarter, but it was Grant Rosenberg's night. He saw this opportunity to get that 10 over 7 upset, dropping 33. And besides him and Ellis, the rest of the team, you know, had a little bit here and there. I mean, players were making good plays, but for scoring, it was all Grant. He was all over the place. And he was probably the best player out of these two teams, and I'd like to say that, 
whatever team has the best player is definitely has a chance to win no matter the odds. So good game from ball. Don't lie. Again, I talked a lot about how ozone didn't have a bench, but ball don't lie still went out there and got the win. I think they deserved it. For me, I don't think this was a good game for ball. Don't lie. I think they could have won this game by more. It's their shooting. That was their biggest struggle. And the only reason why they won was because of Grant Rosenberg making his free throws at the line. Uh, He shot, almost 35% and he was the highest like shooting guy on the, on the team. I mean, yeah, Chase, um, Batista guy had 50% though. We only took two shots, but yeah, it was just very sloppy. Ellis, Ellis didn't really feel comfortable because they realized, uh, he, he can light up from the three. He really got shut down after he made those first three shots. Uh, I don't know how Ball Don't Lie uh, was able to come away with this one, despite how bad their shooting was. Uh, but it was their defense that won the game. And when you play good defense, you win games. That's something we are all taught uh, when we are first introduced with basketball. And it clearly showed um, Ozone did not do much better. 36% from the field. Luke Hogan shot 41%. It was, it was just a very sloppy basketball game. Great for defense. Very horrible if you wanted to see an offensive game to uh, last night. Now, see, yeah. I, I wouldn't even necessarily say that it was great for defense because there can be games where it's not really amazing for either. You know, bad offense doesn't always equate to good defense. It was just some sloppy shots and bad shot selection. But, you know, but I know I get what you're saying about bottom lie. Obviously, they, they could they could have won this game by more, but in my opinion, especially with the legacy leagues and when you're the underdog, it's just kind of survive in advance. Um, you can say they got a little bit of luck on their side to play a, a depleted ozone boys. Again, no subs um, coming off a rough skid second half of that schedule, but I'm still giving ball. Don't lie there. Their roses here. I think it, it was a pretty solid win from them from again, a team that we, you know, I don't feel like it's fair to be like, Oh, they could have won by more when we weren't even expecting them to, get a 10 seed you know we thought they might have been coming at the bottom with the mambas and the stampede so i still think it was a good win for them yeah i think i think um... i was gonna i was gonna say if i was them uh yeah it is a win yeah this is a playoff win but it's just if i was them it's a taste i wouldn't like to have in my mouth knowing that i shot 20 as a team collectively that we shot 28 percent from the field so a lot of the shots did feel forced though but I think they're going to turn their game up next week because uh, they this was lucky. They, they're not going to – they can't win another game next week by shooting 28% from the field. Then that's facts. Hey, a win's a win. I think Ball Don't Lie is going to take it. But they, they're definitely a more dangerous team when they're not settling for threes like we see here, five for 30. I think when they're getting to the rim, they're actually, you know, a pretty solid team they've been showing here over the last few weeks. Um, and then on the Ozone Boy, just to spend a, a minute on them, they just – you know, five straight losses to end the year. Uh, they started off 3-0, um, then they just lose five straight. Uh, the wheels just, you know, they had a hard schedule, without a doubt, hard schedule. Um, but it was just a tough ending to the year, tough ending to their careers. I'll, uh, I'll read their uh, their Instagram post quick. Um, let's see, the Ozone Boys is no longer an organization after countless blown calls, a clear tough schedule from the league and never playing the commissioner's team. We we're hanging up the kicks. It was a fun run, but all good things come to an end forever. Ozone. So there you have it. Tough to see them go. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it a tough, tough way to see him go. You got to love the Ozone boys. Um, but, you know, they got about nine months to rethink that decision. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll come back next year because they're a fun team. We'll I see. liked it. I liked in the comments that Shane Patrick was trying to recruit uh, some of them to join the <laughs> the Duguay's voice. <laughs> that I thought I got a good chuckle out of that. Yeah, the Duguay's boys are just going to become like uh, the Warriors <laughs> from twenty seventeen. Yeah, the Warriors, yeah, they're they're just going to be even more unstoppable. That, that, that's legacy leagues tampering. <laughs> yeah, honestly, there's. I mean, Shane's getting fined enough, but I think he's going to get fined again for that tampering. Honestly, I'm gonna go comment um, that right now. <laughs> But uh, congrats to uh, Ball Don't Lie because I don't think anybody saw them winning uh, a playoff game. And, and now here they are. To, they have a chance to take down the two seed, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but the next game, uh, a game between two teams who have been kind of streaky throughout the season. You never really know what you're going to get from these teams. With Sin City, you really never knew if they were going to show up. With Halfway Crooks, you never really know if they were going to be able to score the ball this night uh, on a certain night. But uh, they played great yesterday. Uh, they they beat Sin City handily, seventy to fifty. Uh, what did you guys see in this game? Because it didn't seem like it was ever very close. Yeah, Kyle, if you want to take this one, I think you were you were on this court, right? Yeah, I was running statistics for this one. This was an odd game because Sin City only had four players, and then they had five at at, at the beginning of the second quarter. Then everyone on their team showed up at halftime, though. But by the time you know, halftime rolled around, they were down by 15 and it's, they were just too like dugged into the ground to try to get themselves back out of. So they put themselves in a hole that they couldn't get themselves out of. And because of that, uh, halfway crooks took advantage of just being down in the post, uh, you know, sloppy three point shooting. So they were able to realize that, Hey, three point shooting isn't really working for us. Let's use Dylan Lincoln and the big boys, the other big boys that we got. Um, Yep, Sweeney and uh, uh, Bobby Wilcox. He was also down there for a little bit too, but mostly Dylan. He was down there doing backing down. Uh, I liked a lot of the passing that they did, allowing the play to develop um, on a two, a three on two situation, always making that extra pass to make the easy layup and dunk too. Uh, they played smart basketball, and that's simply how you won in this league. And uh, honestly, a lot of other teams take notes after them because they, they did it so perfectly. Uh, yeah, so I wasn't able to catch this game. I was on the other court. But, um, I mean, I wasn't surprised to see Halfway Crooks get the win. Um, I was impressed with Brandon Sweeney and what I saw from him in the games that I saw. Dylan Lincoln, I mean, dominant, 8 for 10. Bobby Wilcox, 7 for 10 as well. But it's time to call some people out right now. How do you say our dear commissioner's last name? Because apparently I said it wrong last time. Joey's Not last good. name. It's Zocco? Pretty sure, yeah. No, I'll just say Joey. Zero points <laughs> in a playoff game. Now I don't I don't I didn't see his minutes. You know, I didn't see any of that. He took one shot and I'm not here for it. It's it's honestly it's embarrassing. <laughs> Joey, I need better from you. Then that's all I have to say. You're gonna end up not getting credit for this. <laughs> I want to be. I, I like Joey uh, as the coach. He was actually doing a very good job coaching the team when he was on the bench. Like he was telling the referee like some of the rules that the referee didn't know. And so, so he actually was helping his team out though. It wasn't on the floor, but like telling people like, "Hey, guy in the guy open in the corner," or like cut down and stuff like that. So he was being vocal. It's just you know being vocal doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But he he was he, he was a team then. player. 
<laughs> yeah, we, we've been giving Joey a little bit of a hard time. You know, he's telling us he's got old ankles, bad ankles. He's beat up, all this stuff. But all this hoop one. We expect a little bit more, you know, three points a game. You know, I'm not really loving what I'm seeing from the commissioner here. So, you know, coaching this, that, the other, he's going to do need to do a little bit more than coach next week because they get a real tough matchup on their hands that uh, we'll get into later. But uh, Sin City, honestly, I don't really think they deserve to win a playoff game after just kind of like not really being too invested in the season at all. Halfway crooks, good for them. Uh, you know, they got this playoff win. I'm not sure if they're going to get another, but um, – you know, this is a team that deserved it. They're they're pretty into it. So, <clears throat> I'll, be, I'll, I'll be honest before we move on. If Robert Boynton showed up earlier into this game, I think this game would have been a lot closer. He's got a nice jumper. He's got a nice free throw rhythm. His jumper is so nice to watch. I wish he had shown up earlier in this game. He definitely could have helped out Sin City a lot instead of showing up at halftime. Very yeah. sad to see. Tough, tough, tough scene. Um. Well, we'll get into the to the third game of the night, and that was uh, Stampede versus Good U. Matt, I think you were on this field, on this court, not this field. Um, and this was, I think we could have predicted this uh, this outcome pretty easily. Stampede, they, they've they struggled most of the season. Um, Good U, obviously, they don't have the best record of all time, but we know they're, they're probably a top four team in this league. And uh, the final score showed it, 99 to 52. It was never close. Uh, you know, literally by halftime, they were down about 30 points. Um, and, and what happened here? How was uh, good you just able to dominate like this? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get lazy in my analysis, but they were simply just better. Every yeah. player was just better in their matchups. Like, they were just shooting better. They broke down Stampede's defense really easily. Good you at some points, looked like they weren't even, like, trying on defense, to be honest. I mean – at some at some points, players were just doing fancy passes and things like that. Given that they were given their good guys, I mean, a rest. I mean, Brendan um, Degnan, who I will announce right now, got my vote uh, for the uh, fifth man of the year. You know, one maybe I should have kept that confidential, but whatever. But he he got my vote for my vote for fifth man. He had twenty because they were sitting Matt Saint Hours and Randy Butler and you know their starters, their best guys. They were just sitting them. I mean, this thing wasn't close from the jump. I think Stampede knew that. Um, it was it was just going to be really hard to crawl back out of that hole. I mean, I applaud them for playing until the final whistle. You know, Todd French, Brad Allen, Dan Hessen, 16, 15, and 14, respectively. But I think, I think out of every matchup this week, this was the one that you could have just predicted the outcome. Yeah, pretty easily. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see this game, though, but Again, we knew Good U was going to show up to this game. They take every game very seriously. They've been, they've played together before. They know how to work together as a team and stuff. This is stuff we've all talked about before. And simply, this was just business in their office, as I like to call it. And they took it very professionally. And they're looking forward to next week. That's all I have to say. Yeah, simple as that. Good U was just way too good for them. Uh, Stampede. You know they're gonna have to retool a little bit in the off season if they if they're gonna be able to hang with the big guys. They just don't have the uh, the weaponry to really keep up with the best teams in this league. Um, and it showed back to back nights when they're gonna get run off the floor. Um, but but good you now going into a matchup with the werewolves, which is gonna be very interesting. Uh, werewolves kind of getting screwed as a three seed with a really hard matchup here. Um, so that's gonna be a really interesting game to get into, and uh, I'm excited to talk about that a little bit more than this blowout. Um, 
But the last playoff game of the night yesterday, uh, another blowout actually. Mambas, 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 you know, they're just kind of, it's a sad oh. story. Sad story with them. You know, they just, you know, for at one point in the season, it looked like they had a chance to maybe do some damage and then they just kind of fall apart here at the end of the season. They get crushed yesterday by 50. They get crushed in this game by 35, 40. Um, Orcas blow them off the, the floor, 75 to 39. They just couldn't score the ball. Uh, really tough. What happened here, guys? <clears throat> yeah. This might have been one of the most boring games I've ever watched. I'm, I mean, like, Kyle, I think you were on snap for this one. I mean, it was just slow at the beginning. It was that like no, – That fourth quarter was really a drag. Yeah, I mean, no – the fourth, yeah, but, like, even the first, like, it took a while for other teams – I think the it was 0-0 at the seven-minute mark. Like, no team wanted just – put their foot on the gas and just go. I think the Orcas knew no matter what, they would eventually win this game. And maybe the Mambas just, you know, weren't up for it playing a five seed. But I still thought, even though the Mambas were a 12 seed playing a five seed, they still had a chance in this game. I firmly believe that. It was not the best we've seen from the Orcas by far. I mean, Dexter Lou had 26 points, and about 10 of those were just garbage time layups and dunks. Um, I mean – the Mambas, look, they, they weren't going to win, but it could have been a bigger fight than this. Again, they had no subs, but, I mean, holy crap. Watching this game, what it was just a tough watch. I mean, six points in the fourth quarter for the Mambas. I mean, it's ugly. That, yeah, I mean, at, at points, both teams were just walking. I was looking at the ref with five minutes left. Like, can we just call this? Like, I mean, th- this is rough. But, I mean, Orcas get a win, so – that's all that really matters, but t- tough watch, tough watch. Yeah, yeah it, it's. I'll be honest with you, it's a hard season. Uh, Mambas are definitely they're not happy. Nobody, no team wants to end the season with zero wins. And honestly, if I was the Mambas, uh, I would be the ones putting a post on Instagram saying that we're retiring. <laughs> Yeah, because they lost. They lost by thirty plus points on back to back nights. Like I don't know. I don't know how you can keep continuing to go out there. I mean, they shot twenty two percent from the field. Uh, The Orcas had a team high. I don't know. No, this definitely wasn't a record though. But a a team record for them fifty one rebounds. I mean, it's 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 difficult. A lot of misses. Yeah, I think uh, I think you know now we put together the Mambas and the Basket Hounds, and they're like zero and eighteen at this point. Uh, I think either they got to find some new guys, or you know, I think they might have they might need to uh, go on to the, to better pastures because uh, <clears throat> it's just it's getting ugly at this point. I wouldn't want to pay all this money to get my uh, butt kicked week in and week out. But the Orcas, I mean, I don't know what am I going to say about them? They've been playing pretty decent, so. You know, maybe they have a chance next week. But, yeah, Mambas, when you're playing them, I mean, I, I don't think you can really make a fair assessment about anybody. Uh, I thought they would be a little better as the season went on, but didn't happen. I mean, it looks like the uh, the workers are having just, like, you know, a regular scrimmage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's basically what it is. Uh, they don't have – Mambas doesn't, don't have the size. They don't have the bodies. It's uh, It's just tough for them. So, and half and half of their team quit on it. They started the season with like seven. Yeah, started with seven. Tuesday they played with three. Yesterday they played with four. Not ideal. So, 
Uh, let's just get right into the quarterfinals games because most of those games stunk yesterday. Um, there was kind of, you know, besides uh, Ozone Boys versus uh, Bold Don't Lie, the rest of the games were pretty garbage. So I'm more excited to talk about these matchups. And uh, this first one is an okay matchup. Uh, halfway crooks are obviously going to be heavy underdogs here against Dewey's boys. I'm thinking probably 20 to 25 point underdogs here, but halfway crooks have been looking pretty solid here the last uh, few weeks. They, you know, put up a good fight against uh, Lob City. They, um, who else they play? You know, they crushed the Mambas. They just lost to the Warriors and they, they beat Sin City pretty handily. So they've been playing some pretty good basketball here. Um, you know, you know, they've been hanging around, you know, tough teams. So, so what do you guys feel here? Because Dewey's boys, obviously they're just on another level, kind of, kind of beating everyone pretty handily. Uh, I feel like this is probably pushing a 20 point line. <clears throat> yeah. 20 point line is, I think is fair. The one thing I think the Duye's boys have to look out for is halfway crooks getting inside. We've mm-hmm. seen with Bobby Wilcox, Dylan Lincoln, and Brandon Sweeney, they can get inside and be effective. They got moves on the post that they can go to. Again, I think the Duye's boys win this game pretty comfortably, even if it's close at some points. I won't ever really get nervous about an upset here. I just think – they got two players, in my opinion, that should be on the first team, all-star team, all, all-star first team, and Vincent Volpe and John Q2. Um, one thing that does scare me about them, though, is sometimes they lack some subs, and sometimes their subs aren't that effective. It's really just a strong four going out there. But, again, bar- barring any injuries or things like that, I think this should be a pretty comfortable game uh, honestly I, I honestly would not be surprised if this one got to the 30 point mark but because the halfway crooks are going to play this one really hard knowing it's most likely their last game of the year i think it'll stay towards the 15 20 range but i got duyes uh on this one for me i want to say duyes win this by 20 and uh I, I think this might be a big game for shane patrick but it's going to be on the on the defensive side because simply He's the big guy that they need. He gets the blocks. He averages right now two blocks a game. Uh, he just needs to stay down there, get the rebounds. Uh, he can get some steals getting in the passing lane. And simply, I would just, whenever he gets the ball, just chuck it up the court. Uh, John, John and Vince are going to beat together. It's going to be a quick two-on-one, and that's how they're going to score most, mostly all the baskets. Uh, if they do that, I mean, I think that alone will have them winning by easily 20. You get Zach Tartaglia in there and everyone else, this can easily go to 30-35 potentially. Yeah, I think – I think, yeah, like you guys said, halfway crooks, they honestly – this is a team that, in my mind, honestly, with the, amount, the players they have, they've slightly underperformed all year. So I think they can come in here with their size and, and put up a good fight. But, you know, Shane Patrick, uh, I think, you know, if he gets in, in halfway crooks' heads – they're totally screwed. Um, but if he doesn't get in their heads, I think halfway crooks has, has a chance to, you know, maybe keep this within 15 points throughout the game. But obviously uh, it's, it's the obvious pick, but Duye's boys, I'm, I'm going to take them pretty handily here. I think they have a uh, pretty favorable schedule to get to the championship um, and, you know, repeat here. So I think we're all on the same page. Duye's boys, they're just, they're too good. Halfway crooks, 
Um, I'm happy that they were able to win a playoff game, but the road comes to the end here. I think we're all pretty sure of that. Um, and yeah, yeah, we all agree. So <clears throat> on to the second game uh, next week. And this is between the Werewolves and Good You. To me, this is the most yeah. intriguing playoff game by far. Absolutely. Yeah. This is – did these two teams play recently? I'm trying to remember. I feel like they did. I can't um, remember off the top of my head. I know Werewolves just beat Lob City. Werewolves just beat Ozone Boys. Um, but I can't remember if the Werewolves uh, ever beat Good You. I don't know. I don't see it, but – it doesn't really matter right now. All I know is these are two teams that are extremely evenly matched. Uh, you can throw away the the. the well, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but Good yeah. You and Werewolves d- did play. It was week two. Good You won seventy-two to fifty-eight. Okay, and uh, I think the Werewolves are just a totally different team. There, we've seen them uh, knock off five straight wins here against very good teams. Um, and good you since that time has, I think they're a 500 team. So it, it's, even though you see the three and the six, I think these teams are, you could just say they're both three seeds basically. Um, yeah, you know, this is going to be a great matchup. I think this is essentially a pick em, and it really is going to come down to how dominant can Brian Heston be because overall good you is probably a slightly more talented team. Um, but I think Heston, again, is going to be the uh, best player on the court in my eyes. Yeah. Um, well, not so fast on best player on the court here. I don't know about that one. He's uh, a little, I think he's a little better than Matt, but it's close. Yeah. Um, so well, well, Matt's pretty one-dimensional. He's he's good on offense, though, but not so much on defense, where, nah, you, got, I, I where you got Brian Heston, who can basically do anything. In my eyes, he's the Giannis of the Legacy League. That's that, fair. That's, that's a pretty fair. good comparison. Now, don't do not sleep on Matt St. Hours' well, Matt St. Hours defense. Like he's not he's not a stat defensive player. He's not a steel block guy. He just plays good, solid defense. Because I was watching him because I was actually wondering, is he just an offensive guy? No, he he can play on both sides of the ball. This is by far the most interesting matchup, though. In my, it's so hard to call this because I was saying werewolves. I'm all on the werewolves, and then I saw they're playing good. You and I'm like, wow, because I saw how many points good you can score. They have guys on the. They have four or five guys on their team, maybe even six that can get you twenty if you need them to. They're a deep, deep team. In my opinion, the pressure is on the werewolves, besides Heston and Campbell, because you know those guys are going to show up. So guys like. Gino Forty, the rest of their team, the they're they're needed here because they needed Gino to drop twenty to beat Lob City, and Gino wasn't doing that in other games. So I I think the pressure is on the Werewolves this week because they were all be- getting everybody to gas them up because they were getting cheated out of power rankings and stuff, and Good U was falling. But we know how good Good U is, and. I'm really not sure. Um, I'm not even sure who to pick here for a winner. I have to just say, oh, my God, Kyle, I want to I hear you first because I don't know what to pick here. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Good you, uh, they've scored almost 100, well, 100 points in week one and then almost 100 uh, in the playoffs. But it was against the same team, though. When they have not played the Stampede, they average around in the 60s, 
sometimes in the 70s, but for the most part in the 60s. And they're on the older side. They do have a deeper bench, but they are on the older side. Werewolves are younger. They feel a lot more loose. Uh, their offense and defense and the tra- transition game is going to be the biggest thing for the werewolves. They run it. They run it so smoothly. And they and Brian Heston, he's got like endless energy. He can be up and down the court, do this for the whole game. There's a lot of down towards the end of the season. There were times where he only sat down on the bench for like maybe two or three minutes out of the whole game. He was playing like 37 out of 40. I think one game he might have played the whole game just because they didn't have any. But, like, this is even with the full bench for them. I just find that pretty impressive. And uh, we've seen Gino uh, light it up also. So, if Brian Heston is going to be the deciding factor on how werewolves do. So, I'm going to take the MVP, and I'm going to take the werewolves winning by five. See, you might have swayed me a little bit. Because I was on the fence, and my heart was saying werewolves. My brain was saying good you. But I want to go with my heart here. And I'm going to say werewolves as well. If Because, if you know, you also don't know who you're going to get with good you, if they're going to get their whole team or whatever. Um, and, and, we've seen, and we've seen them uh, down in tight games. They've only won simply because of the other team missing their shots. Like, it's not even them playing defense. It's just that – they played a team who just simply can't make their shots. They get the ball, and it's just an immediately foul in the free throw game. They can make their free throws, though, but it all depends on the other team. It's going to be difficult when they play against the Werewolves, though, because the Werewolves aren't going to be chucking up threes. They want to play the inside game. Yeah. But then again, the Werewolves lack a free throw game, so that's where it becomes difficult. Yeah, it's, I, I think we're all going to hop on, on the Werewolves uh, train here. I just – Man, I don't know. Good U has just been a little inconsistent for me. And and besides, obviously, Duye's werewolves uh, are the hottest team in the league. So I think I'm going to take the werewolves to win this by a possession. I think this is going to be an unbelievable game. Like, if this is anything more than, like, a five, six-point game either way, I would honestly be shocked. Um, I think this game is going to be lit. I know werewolves is definitely going to get a little crowd to the game. Um, so I'm really excited for this game. I'm, I'm thinking that werewolves will just sneak this out. Um, Brian Heston, I think he's just, I don't know, man, he always seems to get it done when he needs to get it done. And right now they just feel like a little bit of a team of destiny, the way things have been going. So one question I have for you guys, you, Kyle, you said, um, Brian Heston is your MVP. That's, that's interesting. I think in my mind, he would be my defensive player of the year. Matt, what did, did you have, at, um, Brian for any postseason awards? Yeah, I had him as my MVP as well. Oh, wow. Um, um, I'm trying to remember who I put for my defensive player of the year. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It could it could have been Brian, if we're being honest. But I, I know for sure that he was my MVP. Because mm-hmm. you got to look. Sometimes MVP is not always best player. For here, it, 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 it might be the case. But take Brian, take Brian off the werewolves. Do you have yes. a team that – you think can win it all, but then you take you take John off Lob off Duyes. They still got Vincent. Take Vincent. They still got John. Take Matt off Good You. They still got a, a hell of a team. Like, so you're I, taking most valuable literally, which I actually I like that. Yeah, whenever I think of most valuable, I I, I genuinely think of like like valuable to that team. He makes the biggest difference when he's there and when he's not. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair pick. I'm hoping I didn't get to fill one out. I'm hoping Joey still lets me fill one out because uh, 
I feel like I got some good picks this year. But, yeah, if Brian Heston wins MVP, he definitely deserves it. He, he brought this team back from the dead. Um, and now this is a team that's one win away from being in the Final Four. So um, I'm looking forward to this game. Either team wins. Wouldn't be shocked. But uh, like we all said, we're on the werewolves here by, by a few points. And uh, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a classic in my mind. I'm ready for a classic. Um, it, it just thinks that this had to be the quarterfinals game. Right. This could easily be the championship in my mind um, in a, in a different world if Duye's boys didn't exist, but uh, they do. So uh, great matchup on to another matchup that is extremely uh, evenly contested, which is, this is the four or five matchup. Uh, the Warriors versus the Orcas. The Warriors have just quietly, like extremely quietly. Um, they haven't beat any of the best teams in the league up until this point, but they just been winning, winning, winning. Um, I think they ended up with a five and two record, um, and no one's talking about them. No one really knows who who they are, um, but they're forced to be reckoned with. Really, with uh, Kevin Figueroa down low and some really solid guards, and I mean the RI Warriors are are going to be really tough. And and the Orcas have been an up and down team all year. In my mind, I think I think the Warriors should be favored here by. Uh, at least seven, eight points. Uh, what are you guys thinking in this game? Yeah, definitely uh, a game that I have literally no idea how to call it. Like, the Warriors, you're so right about them sneakily just getting that four seed. Like, really came out of nowhere, just quietly winning their games. And uh, uh, Orcas, okay, they're like a whatever team. Like, they're not bad. <laughs> I don't know. I I think I'm probably going to lean for the Warriors here, and this might just be lack of, like, understanding of both teams, so I'm going with the team that's been playing better more recently because I find this game the most difficult to call. Kyle, I'm not sure how you feel about it. Well, I mean, we've seen the Orcas do good in the beginning. In the middle of the season, we've seen them reach their lowest point by simply – scoring like 30 points in back-to-back games, 25% shooting. And, I mean, they did seem to find like some of the – get back some of the rhythm, though. But, I mean, they faced a weak Mambas team. So, like, can I really, like, count that as, like, them getting back on track? Like, that was just really a practice for them. Uh, Warriors, they've always been in the middle, though. And they they really, like, keep themselves quiet. They're, they're a team that doesn't really like all that attention. And I got a lot of respect for them because they don't like to, they don't want to get distracted from the main goal. And that's simply what happened is that's how they got the uh, the fourth seed. They um, And it also took the Orcas losing to the Duguay's boys in week seven, unfortunately, how, how that worked out. Um, but, yeah, the RA Warriors, they have their affairs in order. Um, unlike the Orcas, the Orcas, we could either see a very great game or we can see a very bad game. There's no in between. The Warriors, we know we can put up put up a solid 70 points. It just depends on, on their defense because Orcas have height. But sometimes that height really can break down because the Orcas sometimes can't handle the pressure. So for those reasons, I'm going to say RA Warriors win by two points. Two, yeah. I Honestly, I think... Um, Kevin Figueroa, probably one of the only people in the league that can slow him down is Jeff Winchell of the Orcas, uh, another big, strong body. 
Um, he's he's probably one of the few guys that can just match that that strength he has inside. Um, <clears throat> so that's going to be an interesting matchup to keep your eyes on. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game played in probably – I think it's going to be less than 60 points for each team here. I think it's going to be played in the 50s. And, you know, that seven, eight-point line that I set, I'm thinking that the Orcas are going to cover it. But I think the Warriors just squeak this one out. Um, they've just been more consistent all year. Uh, Orcas haven't shown an ability to score consistently. Um, obviously, they've been figuring out a little bit more here and there. You know, they put up 81 against a good U team who didn't really have all their guys. They were able to score 65 against Duyes. They put up 70-something against Mambas. But, you know, they haven't proven um, week in and week out that they're able to do this. And they only scored two against Sin City, so which obviously was a <laughs> but um, no, I, I think the Warriors come out on top here, uh, but it's going to be a really good game. This is another really good game um, and probably going to be probably this, the game that's going to be the second close, most closely contested after the werewolves versus good you, in my opinion. Um, and to get to the last game of the week, um, Lob City versus ball don't lie again, uh, a surprising team to be here is ball don't lie after starting the season uh, 0-4. You know, no one really expected them to get into this final eight. Everyone was probably thinking they were going to be a first-round exit, in- including ourselves. Um, the Hebrew Hammer, Jake Abrams, called me after their game, and he's like, heard you guys on the podcast uh, after week four. You guys lit a fire underneath our ass, this, that, and the other. So, you know, I think, in a way, we really get most of the credit for, for Bull Don't Lie's success here. Um, we've really been gassing them up these last few weeks. So we gave them their flowers. Um, and now, unfortunately, I think it comes to to an end here. Uh, Lob City is just too good. And, and Ball Don't Lie just doesn't score the ball well enough. Besides, um, you know, Ellis is, is good for about 15, 20 a game. Obviously, Grant is good for 25, 30. But then after that, they, they struggle to, to put the ball in the hoop and Against Lob City, we're looking at a team that is just very big, very athletic, and uh, I think this is is going to be a 20-point win for Lob City. I don't think they're going to – I think it would have been a much tougher game for Lob City if they were going to have to face Ozone this week. Um, uh, ball don't lie, I just – I don't think they have the uh, – I don't think they have the facilities for this big man, as some people would say. <laughs> I was just going to say that as soon as you said facilities. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, you, you said it all. Um, yeah, it's, it, I mean, ball don't lie. Again, I don't want to speak too soon, but great season from them. I mean, I thought that they, with that squad, they put out a pretty, you know, I think this is a positive season to look back on. I don't want to call it as if the game's already happened, but I mean, it's Lob City. Like, uh, it'd be hard to, to, to beat them. So uh, I'm expecting like a 20, 25 point win for Lob City. And then, yeah, but. I hope that Grant Rosenberg and then boys at Ball Don't Lie can uh, keep it close. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Lob City, though. I'm going to stay 15 points, but I believe uh, Ball Don't Lie can uh, push this into the single digits, but obviously them losing and make this a, uh, and a lot tougher game for Lob City. Simply by doing this, you have to be very rough with Lob City because they like to go down into the basket. So, you know, don't, I mean, 
rough them up a little bit. Don't be afraid to shove them and stuff and make them really feel uncomfortable. Make them work hard for it. And if they get fouled going up for the shot, they're not really that good of free throw shooters. So a lot of their big men can't really shoot. They average uh, like in the 50s and 60%. So let them miss their free throw shots. And who knows? You might have this in the single digits. You might have it a lot closer than what uh, my two companions here think. But uh, I, I think this could definitely get into the single digits. But if that's not the case, I'll say 15.1 for Lob City. Kyle, Kyle condoning violence. I don't know if we're going to be able to put that on the internet. But <laughs> no, but listen, if I can give Ball Don't Lie a little advice here, because I think they're going to need it. I would say you got to play off of Lob City. Let them beat you from the three-point line because if they get to the hoop, they're just going to dunk all over you. They're just way too bouncy, some of these guys. Um, and then on the other end, they, they can't be settling for threes all game because we saw, you know, they were hardly able to escape uh, the Ozone boys shooting five for 30 from three. Uh, I thought the same thing when they played Sin City on Tuesday, settling for too many shots. I think uh, they got to put their head down, be aggressive, get to the free throw line as much as possible. And that's really going to be their best bet here um, because anything else, if they're going to try and, you know, obviously at some point we're going to probably see Lob City take a little lead here. And if they try and keep getting back into the game with three pointers, it's just not going to happen. You don't have the three point shot down on eight and a half feet. Um, and, you know, when you start trying to, to get the whole game back with three-point ball, it just doesn't work. So I think they got to be aggressive here and, uh, and see what happens. It's, it's their best shot to uh, try and do a monumental, legendary upset in, in the Legacy Leagues here. So that's, that's going to be the quarterfinals. Um, really looking forward to it. It's obviously going to be super exciting. Uh, a few games that I think could be, you know, all-time great of excitement level. Um, that and good then, you werewolves game has a classic yeah, written all over it. I think it does. I would be shocked if it, if it isn't a game where we all leave the gym saying that night, like, man, that was one of like the best men's league basketball games I've ever seen. Um, yeah. I just assume that's how it's going to be. Honestly, just two electric teams. I want to, I want to say the same for the RA, uh, RA Warriors Orcas game though, but we know next week that I can confidently say that the Duguay's boys will eliminate the winner of the four five game, but it'll still be an interesting game to watch regardless. Yeah. Unless Maybe, someone uh, proves me, unless someone proves me wrong, I wouldn't hey, mind. I wouldn't mind that happening. I would like yeah, to see. I was going to say, you'd be real happy to see someone. I, I would wrong. be pretty happy. <laughs> Orcas and Warriors would be an interesting game because like it's a, it's a coin toss. But I mean, Werewolves and Good You, which is like different because like the both teams are just so talented and are going to be coming for each other's throats. Because if Good You lose, they're thinking, damn, we had one of the best teams on paper and we dropped to a six seed and we lost this early. And if Werewolves lose, they were like, well, shit, we crawled our way back all the way just to lose in the quarterfinal. It, both teams have a lot to lose. Yeah, uh, there's a lot on the line this week. Maybe even some lives on the line this week. We'll see how serious it gets on the court because I heard there was some stuff last week. Not going to get into it. Um, but we'll, we'll see you guys all here next week. Um, going to be an awesome, awesome week. Super excited. And maybe next week we'll even get into uh, some of our picks for our uh, defensive player, most improved player, MVP. We'll talk about that stuff as well when we have a little bit more time. Um, but thank you guys for joining us again. Uh, low post pod. And we're going to see an amazing week. So thank you guys. See you.